This is the podcast where we get the inside scoop on everyday people. We find out how they think, problem solve, manage their time, and how they navigate tricky situations. We ask the questions that you always wonder about the people in your life, but never get to ask. This is the podcast where you gain that insight. We don't live in a silo. We're not on our own. So let's talk about it and connect. Welcome to the Insight Catalyst podcast. Welcome to today's podcast. We're joined by Amy. Amy's a clinical dietitian at a local hospital. And we chat to her about what everyday life looks like for her, how she manages her time, money, and well-being. Clearly, being a clinical dietitian would come with its emotional challenges. So I delve in and try and gain the insight into how she manages these in her personal life. So welcome to the Insight Catalyst podcast. I hope you enjoy the episode. So, Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Is this the first podcast you've been on? It is, yeah. It's a great honour. I can't say I ever thought I'd be on a podcast before. Times are changing, right? Absolutely. How are you feeling? You feel a little bit nervous or feeling excited? A little bit nervous. A little bit scared for the questions. Uh, So, yeah, please be nice. Nice. Well, I'm stoked, stoked to have you on the podcast because, obviously, with your job as a clinical dietitian, you're dealing with a whole range of things that a lot of people would never see. So to have your you come on and you talk about some things that you get up to in your everyday and how you manage your life is, is pretty cool. So thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, and so I've, I've given you a bit of a heads up on some of the questions, but mm. I thought uh, before we get into that um, and before I throw a few surprise questions at you, I thought we might just start off with you telling us a little bit about maybe your background, uh, how you got into being a clinical dietitian. Cool. Okay. So yeah, thank you for having me here. It's very exciting to be here. So yeah, what can I say? I grew up in Pukekohe and then obviously did all my schooling and things up there. And then I went to university in Otago to study nutrition. Um, And I really, really loved that. And then I went and did my master's in dietetics. And here I am now, yeah, as a dietitian. So I've now been working for one year. Yeah. So you went from obviously school in Pukekohe yep. to uh, down south, Dunedin, mm-hmm. at uni. Yep. How on earth did you go from Pukekohe into <laughs> doing diet- dietetics in D- Dunedin? How did you make that decision? Yeah, so at school I always kind of did the science type subjects and really, really loved them. And obviously I love food and have always been really passionate about it. Um, so really e- Eating food? Eating or, food, yeah. making food, buying food, all of the above. Uh, so yeah, that kind of led me to dietetics. Also didn't need physics to do dietetics. Dietetics, so that was also a bit of a. Is that um, a weak point? Card. A weak point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, and then you could either do it at Auckland or Dunedin. Um, and my sister was in Dunedin, and I'd heard great things about Dunedin, so yeah, that was kind mm, of nice. Was um, so what was what was that like? What was Dunedin like? It was great. No place like Dunedin. It was really really fun. I was only for four years. Um, but yeah, by the end of it, I think I was ready to kind of, you know, come home, come somewhere warmer. Mm. But Is it, it the? Really great. There's obviously a stereotype of. Um, students at Dunedin, in Dunedin, is that real reality or not? (laughs) It definitely is reality. And, you know, you get these streets, party streets like Hyde Street, Castle Street. Um, Yeah, it basically fits a stereotype. Heaps of fun. 
I didn't really, yeah, I wasn't really one of those students, but <laughs> definitely yeah. saw it. <laughs> what sort of flats did you live in? Like I've seen, obviously, I think that renters TV program on oh, on, yeah. on the TV that, um, and they're shocking, like yeah. they're mouldy and yeah. holes in the wall. Is that is that where you were living, or you yeah. were? Um, most of my flats were actually quite good. Me and my friends were quite fussy on what flats we chose. Um, but yeah, some of them are honestly shocking. Like you know, you hear stories about balconies collapsing and them being freezing cold it's definitely true those flats are definitely available mm. <laughs> um but yeah no i was quite lucky so was that four years you did four three years. three years undergrad and then a master's is that right or yeah yep. so it's two year masters one year in dunedin and the other year based in auckland mm. so you've always always had a passion for food i mean i like food as well but i'm not a dietitian what made you make that extra little step forward Honestly, don't know. I think it really was um, back in the day, my dad saw a dietitian when he was diagnosed with diabetes. And from then on, my mum was really passionate about healthy food. And we kind of just grew up really um, being exposed to that. And I think that was probably, um, I just thought that was a really cool job to have. Not that my job really is like that these days. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably inspired me to become a dietitian as well. Nice. And you're loving it a year a Love year it. into the yeah. job. Very different uh, to what I thought. I've learned a lot. But yeah, it's really great. I yeah. can't imagine doing anything else. So. Now I heard a myth. I know your family quite well. And yeah. I heard a myth that your sister is a dietitian and that yes. you followed her. Is that correct? Uh, no, that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a joke in our family. Yeah. Yes, she is a dietitian and she is older than me. But I've always said that I actually thought of it first. <laughs> and, um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't follow her, that's for sure. <laughs> nah, all good. Hey, what I'd like to do is I'd like to jump into some quick fire this or that questions. Are you ready for that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so these are a surprise for you. You've got to, okay. without thinking, is straight away, yeah. just give me your answer. Okay, are you ready? Yep, yeah, ready. All right, here we go. Dog or cat? Dog. Really? Yeah. Even though the smell? Yeah, de- no, no, mm, not cat. So I'm a big no, old no. cat person. Really? I've always always has been, yeah, always have been. Oh. Living living and growing up in my family, they've always had a cat. Oh. And I just find the, the smell of a dog. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. In fairness, I've actually had neither, but I just think dogs are cuter. Mm. And you can walk dogs, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Good mm. excuse to exercise. Be a bit strange to go walk a cat. Mm. Okay, <laughs> what about Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Straight away? Yeah. Okay. What's your favourite Netflix TV oh. show? Those are tricky. It kind of fluctuates. Depends on what I'm watching. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, phone call or a text? Text. Okay. Toast or eggs? Oh, not comparable. You have both together. Toast or eggs? <laughs> eggs. Eggs. Okay, I know you love your scrambled eggs. <laughs> um, I think I know the answer to this. Cardio or weights? Cardio. Sure. <laughs> weights don't even get considered. Why do, why do I know the answer to that? <laughs> No. Can you give me a little bit of background? <laughs> what do you do every morning? Yeah, love a run. Yeah, that's for okay. sure. Don't gym. Yeah, all good. <laughs> um, iOS or Android? iOS. Form or function? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, form is generally how you look and and, yeah. and what something oh, no, no. looks okay, like, function. whereas function is just get the job done. Yeah, function. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, cake or pie? Cake. Okay. Work hard or play hard? Work hard. Because <laughs> I'm boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and last one, bath or shower? Bath. Really? Bath, That's shower. surprising. You want to shower every day, right? Like I wouldn't Please. want to have a bath. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to have a bath every day, but love a bath. Yeah. yeah. Every day. So, if, so if you got to choose, right, Amy, rest yeah. of your life, bath or shower, what would you do? 
see I would probably say shower in that context actually because getting ready in the morning to have a bath would just be weird and it's hard to wash your hair ideally I'd want a shower but have a bath at night time <laughs> <laughs> that's a really waffly answer it is so so should we try that again yeah okay. let's um so if I was to ask you shower or bath yeah. for the rest of your life only having one only having one what would you say I'd have to say shower breaks wow. my heart but wow. I would say that shower. does break my heart mm. I I love it I love a bath yeah. I go home to mum and dad's nice clean bathroom it's warm yeah. I can lie in that bath for over an hour yeah but can you wash your hair like would you do that um, in the mornings before work no nah, so you've got to slide right down and it gets a bit tricky whereas a shower is just in and out right yeah mm. it's more efficient Okay, right, let's, hey, let's move on. That's probably a good point and good time to move on. So yeah. we, we dove a little bit into your dietetics work. Mm-hmm. Now, clinical dietitian, I think, I think you're, you're, you're quite a modest person, and so I think you undersell that quite a lot. And so not everyone can be a do- clinical dietitian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's a pretty, true. It's a, we, I know what you do generally in a day-to-day. It's a pretty serious job. Mm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it is actually, yeah. Yeah? Can you, so if someone was asking, a clinical dietitian sounds fancy, sounds amazing, what on earth do you do in a day? <laughs> yeah, so very confusing. Um, so I actually work in a hospital at the moment. So um, basically it's just seeing patients in hospital and just making sure that they're getting the nutrition that they need. Um, and so there's a few specialty areas that I work in. So one of those areas is radiation oncology. So a patient's um, typically head and neck cancers going through radiation treatment. Um, and so I just catch up with them and make sure they're eating okay and keeping their weight up. And then there's just a couple other wards that I have um, and anyone with a feeding tube as well. So I manage them in the community too. So, so there's a whole lot of jargon yeah. there as well so so in essence yeah you deal with oncology yeah patients yeah um what are your other wards um so i've got like a cardiology one so that's okay. basically kind of just medical or like with heart problems okay and then um kind of just yeah basically like a feeding tube so people who can't eat through their mouth um need alternative options and right. so i just work with them so so when you say someone who can't eat or feed through their mouth normally what are some of the reasons um sometimes you know people could be born that way like if they've got intellectual disabilities um or if they've had a stroke and they can no longer swallow safely um some other things like motor neuron disease um patients who have had cancers in the head and neck region and um still can't eat safely yeah, a few different examples there. So let's bring it right down to sort of a patient level. Mm-hmm. So a patient obviously needs dietitian input. Yeah. So they get admitted to hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have obviously a whole range of care provided by doctors, pharmacists, um, and, and all sorts of other specialties, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, and then so you'll, is it right in saying that you'll get a referral? Yeah, that's okay, correct. So what's the process from there? Yep, so we get a referral and then every day when I walk into work I just check their referrals and kind of just triage them. So anything that's urgent I'll go and see um, that day and I try to see all new referrals really the same day, but it just kind of depends what I've got on. Okay, yeah. so you'll so let's say my referral comes through to you yep. um, and you'll, you'll come and see me, what, yep. what sort of things will we talk about? Um, we'll just talk about how you're going and how you're, particularly with your eating and drinking. Um, and we'll also talk about, you know, prior to hospital, so what's been happening, you know, the last few months, last few weeks, um, just to get an idea of, uh, you know, what is usual for you as well. 
Um, and then obviously if people aren't eating, it's about really sort of finding out the nitty gritty and as to why is that not happening. Um, you know, sometimes it can be something as simple as, oh, they're just feeling sick. So just getting them some medications to help out with that. Um, and then once that's sorted, then, you know, their eating can resume again. But yes, it's really just finding out the barriers they have to eating. Mm, nice. Um, do you find that you'll that you'll be with a patient for a day and then it will change? Or do you generally stay with the patient and... Um, work with them for a couple of weeks yep so um definitely depends on the patient and the severity of you know like their eating problems and things um but usually I'll stay with them um at least for a few follow-ups probably um some patients I do stay with for months others are literally like lifelong it just sort of depends mainly the ones in hospital though which just really throughout their admission I just Mm. see them so they'll so they'll get to a point where they can leave hospital for other reasons and and their food and their their nutrition and things will be will will they get to a point where they can't leave because of nutrition or yeah that has happened with a few patients and that does yeah it is a bit of a difficult situation because you feel like you're sort of holding back everything but um it is really important to make sure it is sorted out in hospital because once they're home it's just quite hard to kind of focus on that like you know in hospital it's great because you've got support um and you can really focus on getting things done really Mm, nice that's i mean you've brushed over a whole lot a whole lot of stuff (laughs) there and i i can imagine there are patients with some quite serious illnesses mm-hmm. in your care yeah yeah is that hard to deal with or it is really hard especially being a new graduate um i yeah i don't have a lot of experience dealing uh with you know really like intense patients and it is quite hard when the nutritionist just so impaired and you know it is your job to kind of help them do that mm. and i think one of the hardest things too is kind of knowing your limits with it so sometimes you know really really sick patients you do have to step back and just realize that they're actually bigger issues you know right now and for some people you know they don't want to live with the feeding tube and so it's just about accepting that and just working with the patient to see what they want Mm. as well the purpose of this podcast is all Mm -hmm. about getting that insight into how people like yourself so high achieving people and how they how they manage that because from you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I, a lot of that is foreign to me, and I think far out, you've, you're dealing with some heavy, heavy things, you're dealing with people who have cancer, who have cardio issues, all sorts of things, and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're rattling off a whole lot there, but from an outsider, I'd love to gain that insight into how you personally manage that yourself, because that's, that can be something that, um, if you don't find the right balance or if you don't have the right coping mechanisms, I would say that could become overwhelming. Mm. How does that look for you? Yeah, definitely. And I think I've learned that a lot this year. I know when I was a student, I'd get really upset, um, you know, when someone was diagnosed with something awful or they were told that they didn't have long left or something. And so obviously now you see that every single day. And it's really, I mean, it's really, really hard sometimes, especially um, with patients you know really well. And I don't really think it will ever get easier, but I think you've just got to think that you do work in a hospital. I am working in the cancer department. You know, it's not, sometimes it's easy to think that everybody has cancer, but actually, no, it's just, I'm seeing the people that do have cancer. So it's really just getting your mindset right. Um, And yeah. Can I dig in there? What, so what do you mean by getting your mindset right? Yeah, so just realising that uh, this isn't every, all the population. This is a very small subset of the population that are actually in hospital. Um, and although, you know, there are some really, really sad stories, that it is actually amazing what um, 
some people go through and still recover and there are some really really great stories so I mean obviously I think it's important to acknowledge that sometimes you will be upset by things um, and that's okay but definitely it's not all bad as well. So am I allowed to ask some further questions around this? Yeah I think so. So if you if you are let's say you have three really challenging patients who are emotional and and some for some reason they they trigger you Mm -hmm. what are you what would you do to either manage that yourself or or deal with that I don't want to use the word trauma but yeah what would you how would you manage that if if things start to getting on top of you what sort of things Mm. would you or do you or would you put in place to to sort of rebalance your shit yeah, I think that's a really good question, and I think that's one I'm actually still trying to figure out myself. Um, I think colleagues have been really, really great because they all have kind of been through this as well, and they see you know the same sort of stuff every day. So I think talking about it, um, I think yeah, talking about it actually is the most important thing. And you know, even with um, friends and family at home as well, I think it's really important just to kind of talk it out and kind of realize that you know this isn't happening to everyone. Like you know, it is just a really bad thing that's happened and. Yeah, just kind of trying to work through it. I don't really know um, how to I, deal with it, really. I, I, I can look at it quite objectively because I'm, I'm not in there. Mm. And and I would I would think, and I could be wrong, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think that because you're in a hospital and because you have that role, you have mm. the chance to do good as well. That's so, so you true. have a chance while, whilst you may see mm. a whole lot more illness and potentially death in the average person mm. you still have more chance to um to have a greater impact on people than mm. the average person is that right that's and is that, so is that true. helpful yeah and that's such a good way of looking at it i think as well yeah definitely what about your colleagues are they are they sort of similar to you and sort of how they manage those sorts of things and same challenges? Yeah, or? definitely. I think, I mean, sometimes, you know, as a dietitian, I think a lot of us are quite empathetic people. And so I think we naturally do um, take things probably a bit harder than some people would, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, we're all quite similar in that aspect and we do get upset by things. But, you know, definitely talking it out and just realising that, you know, yeah. this stuff does nice. happen. What's yeah. the most challenging thing, one thing of your job? I think that, the emotional aspect of it. Mm. Definitely, because yeah. you you have so much empathy, right? Mm. And so yeah. to to see people in that state, um, obviously, it has a greater impact. Mm. So let's let's move on from that because I'm also uh, really impressed with how you manage your life outside of dietetics, and 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 part of that is the money side. Now I know. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't use the word frugal because <laughs> it's Good. got negative negative connotations, doesn't it? But you do manage your money very well. Yeah. And and talk talk to me about that. How do you? What sort of mindset do you have? And and mm. and do you budget? And what is your sort of what is your weekly? What what is? How do you manage your money weekly? Mm. So this has been quite a thing to adjust to, actually. I've obviously been your poor student for quite a while now. Um, and so then once I started working, it was kind of like, ooh, like, <laughs> this is exciting. What do I do with it? But yeah, so definitely um, I try and save like a similar amount each week from my salary. And yeah, I am quite a saver. That's quite important to me. So I do really try hard 
to um, do that. However, yeah, it is hard sometimes, and there's always something that comes up that's unexpected. Uh, so obviously. So, so in yeah. terms of, let's say you get paid on a Monday. Yeah. Um, because again, we really want to gain that insight, right? That's yeah. what that's what we're here for. So, let's say in a hypothetical world, you get paid yeah. on a Monday. Do you pay all your bills at once? Do you put money in your savings first, or do you leave? Do you spend all your money and then? whatever you've got left over you save or like let, let's just pretend it's a Monday what does that look yep. like for you yep so at the moment I've actually just recently probably got into um a routine of once I get paid there will obviously be like the same payments going out each week on automatic payments and then I usually right then on the Monday I would take out a sum um that I save every week and then the rest of the week I've just got my the amount left there to spend on like whatever and yeah then at the end of the week if I happen to have any left which yeah that doesn't happen often really (laughs) um I would take that out again so yeah I think it's important to do that saving at the start of the week I used to do it just do whatever and then take it out at the end of the week and I found like it would vary so much each week and by the end of the week I'd already forgotten that I hadn't really saved this week and then I just kind of saw the money sitting there, you know, so that didn't really work for me. Yeah. Um, so I think just getting it saved. And then, like, it is an account that I can still access it, you know, if I need to. But Who do you think you got that saving mindset oh, from? Oh, yeah, definitely my father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not mum? No. Um, no, I don't think so, no. Yeah. Describe your mother's spending habits. <laughs> oh, I couldn't comment. My mum is very generous. <laughs> very generous. That is yeah. that is true. She is such a generous person, yeah. uh, especially with her baking, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Part of these podcasts is what I'm going to do is ask people uh, either a philosophical question or a or a Ooh. ethical dilemma or yeah. something that really there's no real right or wrong answer, but it's all about that discussion and that mm-hmm. and that thought. I think for you, I think one that I've been really interested to ask is, do you personally, do you personally believe or think that fate exists? It's a hot topic Mm. around the place. I hear lots of people talking about it. Uh, I hear both sides of, you know, both Mm. both sides of what people think and believe. And I was just wondering, someone like you, you know, someone who's so driven and focused and and busy with work, what's your view on it? That is a very, very good question. And I'm not sure, yeah, I really don't know. I think um, I do believe in it to an extent. I think, you know, sometimes things happen in your life and, it just seems too bizarre for it to just, I don't know, you know, like you're just like, how did that happen? And then, yeah, I think there definitely is an element of truth. Like there is something. Where does where does coincidence sort of fit? Because I know that people who don't believe so much in fate, mm. they would be more likely to say, oh, you know, that, that thing that just happened in my life that I have no idea no idea how that happened yeah. they would probably more attribute that to coincidence whereas yeah. someone who believes that fate does exist would say oh well it's fate yeah, it, it was meant yeah. to happen yeah. what, so, what what way are you for yeah see I would definitely go more for fate in that situation like I mean if it's just a one-off you'd be like oh yeah if it's something minor you know it could just be a coincidence no big deal but I think sometimes in life how many coincidences is, are there, you know? Mm. And how, d- I don't know. So is it, just, is it about the quantity or is it about the, so so you mentioned there if things happen yeah, all in a row yeah. or is it about um, the quant- uh, the quality? quality so, it, yeah. yeah, is it quantity or quality? Yes, you know, I want to say both. So I think that means I believe in that fate is a thing. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 
ninety percent. Okay. Nah, what's, maybe like an eighty. That's right. What's what's the what's the twenty percent? I don't know. I've never considered myself a strong believer in fate, but now when I compare it to coincidences, I think no, there is something more than just a coincidence. Okay. But I'm not a solid. Yes, it's fate. Yeah, you're you're kind of on the fence. Oh, I'm always on the fence. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> do you do you think that there's a quote that the harder people work, the luckier they get? Do you believe in that? No, no, I do not believe in that. So that's interesting. It is because, <laughs> and and I don't know why my mind went to that quote because yeah. it kind of links with fate, right? Because a lot of people could potentially put in a lot of work and then they could have a number of things fall into place. Mm-hmm. And some that's people true. could say, well, that's fate or coincidence or mm-hmm. just hard work. Yeah. See, in that case, yeah, I'd say that's, you can't say that. Like, you can't say because they've, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good question. I. That's right. So so when I, when I said, do you agree in um, the harder I work, the luckier I get, you yeah. said no. So I said that, yeah, no. Okay, Why? I just don't think that's a correlation. Like, luck is just absolutely random. I don't think... I mean, I think maybe success. So if you work harder, you know, maybe there's more success there. But uh, that's not luck. I think luck is just completely random, completely different. Do you define success as achievement? You're getting a hard deal. Because I said I'd only ask one deep question, but I'm asking about three in a row. I'm I'm putting you on the spot. Part of it, definitely, but that is not. Success isn't only achievements. You don't have to achieve to be successful. Like, I think success differs for every person. I mean, some people are definitely, you know, like, achievement-driven, but I don't think you necessarily have to achieve something in order to be successful. When I mentioned the quote of, the harder I work, the luckier I get, you disagreed, or you said, no, I don't agree with that. Mm. Do you want to unpack maybe what... Um, success means to you then and what what out of hard work you said you get success but what does that look like mm, yep so I think what I was referring to with the lucky comment is I kind of said success isn't kind of luck is basically really what I was saying um but also success isn't really about achieving things um and so I guess to unpack that further it's more like achievements vary from person to person you know it's like so for some people achievements could be something huge like buying a house buying a car that sort of thing um and then for other people an achievement could literally be eating lunch you know something like that so I think there's a lot of pressure on the word achievement but actually it could really be anything and especially I found coming out of lockdown or during lockdown you scroll mm-hmm. through Instagram and you had these people this these ins- inspirational speakers and they would say um you know in lockdown you've got to work on a side hustle you've got to mm. get out and go for a run you've got to do this that and the other uh, and and I think that's putting a blanket expectation or, mm. around how many how many billion people you know you've got so many different stories someone may not be able to go out for a run and if they they read that on Instagram what's that doing to their well-being and mental health right exactly yeah and for some people you know lockdown was such a rough time that they're not even thinking about you know, <laughs> doing yeah. a new skill or anything like that. Like it's literally just getting through day by day. And I know, yeah. I know personally, my 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 idea of success varies. Mm. If you think back to five years ago, uh, when I started teaching, to have a good maths lesson or a mm. good reading lesson, that was my that was my focus. And now, yeah. and now you're, uh, especially as you move into different roles, you're 
your level of success of what you're aiming for changes. And so mm-hmm. to put one level on it, I don't think is accurate or helpful. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So in dietetics, you'd have a whole, I would imagine you'd have a whole range of people at different levels in terms of their nutrition, mm-hmm. needing different things, aiming for different levels. Yeah, absolutely. And even what, you know, patients want to achieve is different from person to person. So it's really just, yeah, quite individualised, really. Mm. Awesome. Well, hey, I think we could talk for hours, but <laughs> I'd like to keep it to that half hour uh, yeah. mark, which we're just, just about to go past, I think. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's great to have someone like yourself, a clinical dietitian, come on uh, and share. Because often, often the medical world, it's to me, I'd, I've had very, very little which I suppose is a good thing, but very, very little exposure to it and experience in hospitals. And, and, and sometimes it feels like there's a big, you, you know, you don't know what happens behind the scenes. So uh, it's amazing to hear all that uh, personal stories from you and how dietetics is personally and how you manage that. Also managing your money and managing your time is really interesting as well. So um, I think we're pretty lucky to have people like yourself in our Uh, medical profession looking after New Zealand so thank you so much for coming on oh thank you so much for having me it's been fun and not too scary so I'm glad so would so would you do another oh yeah I think so all right awesome okay (laughs) hey thanks for coming on 